This week on the show, Fnatic wins four straight, Team Enemy wins the MLG America's Minor, and Question Mark form their own organization. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by Jason Moses O'Toole, and you're watching Pop Flash. Our first story this week is the Star Series 14 finals, which took place over the weekend of January 13th to 17th. Now, Jason, very big tournament, $200,000 up for grabs and certainly a lot of representation from some of the world's best teams. As we look at Group A, we'll see uh, Luminosity and Na'Vi advanced from this group, two wins and uh, two wins respectively. G2 and CyberZen unfortunately did not. However, the first team I want to talk about are CyberZen down there at the bottom. They're the Chinese team, they flew all the way over for this event and uh, I think it's fair to say that while they did finish bottom, it wasn't all bad news. They did take a map off G2, which is, you know, no mean feat for an Asian team coming to Europe for the first time. They beat them 16-6 on Inferno. And uh, actually, their second map against G2, they only lost 14-16 on cash. So uh, could have been a very different game. I assume they have to be happy with that, going back to China. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the win on Inferno was great, and, and Cash is even, you know, that's a map that G2 is very good on. They've beat Virtus Pro on it twice, including a 16-0. Um, they're one of the stronger teams. That's like their home map, uh, essentially. It's one of them. Um, one of the maps that they've been really, really strong on, you know, during this run of success they've had recently. Uh, so yeah, CyberZen definitely has to be happy with that, especially considering, you know, we always here, uh, you know, I don't know firsthand, obviously, but I always hear about the level of competition over in the, in the Asian regions in China, like not yeah. being up to par. Um, so I haven't gotten to watch these matches yet. For, from what I've talked to some of the analysts that were at the event, a lot of them um, talked about how good, and even G2, I believe, commented on this on Twitter, was how good the flashes and smokes and executes were uh, from mm. CyberZen. Um, just, you know, getting blind from locations they didn't even know about. Just don't know how they were getting flashed and they were still blind and just getting beat up. Um, so showing a pretty crazy level of, of preparation, obviously. Uh, and that's a good first start for, for a team, um, you know, at this international event that we didn't expect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, let's let's move on in that case. So another map that was, uh, I guess, closer than people may have expected was Na'Vi versus G2, which uh, it was, you know, phenomenal. They had an overtime game. I think Na'Vi won Dust 19-17 uh, in the first overtime. They won Train 16-14. So, you know, only, what, two rounds decided each of these games. Is it a surprise to see Na'Vi struggle so much against a team like G2? Uh, not really. I mean, G2 is really, really talented, and they're a team that, um, you know, whenever when they have players reaching their peak in a match, they can they can do things like that. And on the other side, Navi is a team that, you know, while talented, it's very much known that it's Guardian, and then who else is going to show up? And maybe didn't have uh, didn't have his teammates playing up to the level that they needed at to to be more convincing in those wins. But um, I mean, it really doesn't matter how close it is because they still want him out. Um, but no, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised by it at all. Okay, well, uh, that kind of sums up Group A. Luminosity did win, but we'll come back and talk about them once we get to the bracket. Uh, now, Group B was the Group of Death, as, as we called it last week, well, as everybody was calling it, basically, yeah. right? We had MV, Fnatic, Question Mark, and uh, the ex-Titan roster down there at the bottom. And uh, kind of an unfortunate draw. Question Mark lost out in the end. They uh, had to face Fnatic in a head-to-head -to, -head to decide who would advance. And, you know, not many people are getting past Fnatic at the moment. Was this just uh, an unlucky draw? Was this the expected placing going into this group, do you think? I don't know if it was expected. I think anyone, you, you could really see um, any three of those teams you know, moving on in that group. You know, we knew someone mm -hmm. was going to get knocked out. TQM might have been, you know, the the more likely choice with the upheaval they've had, the inconsistency they've shown uh, to be the first team, for, to be the team that, that got knocked out. But, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, let's say you move TQM over to Group A. 
look at the group of death that becomes. You know, with the way oh, yeah. you know Navi's probably the second best team in the world right now ranked, and, and Luminosity uh, showing they're no slouches whatsoever, even against the best teams in the world. So, I mean, there was going to be a group of death either way. I don't think it really matters that it was Group B or Group A. Um, so, something crazy, though. I mean, Envy is... I saw this stat. I think it was Envy has beaten Fnatic at the last, like, three or four times they've matched up against them, but Fnatic's won all the events, like, overall. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's kind of a funny stat to look at. But, um, yeah, you, I think this this played out probably how most people expected with TQM kind of still continuing their slump and their and a little bit of their disappointing performances. All right, fair enough. Well, you also mentioned Luminosity there, uh, and, you know, that they put up a good fight against pretty much anyone they come up against these days. So let's jump over to the bracket. Uh, because they did come up against Fnatic here, as we can see. So uh, we've got Luminosity enjoyed that by victory in the first round and then came on to play Fnatic in the uh, top middle. Lucky there. them. Yeah, not a, not a particularly good draw. Right. So th as, as we mentioned, they had a pretty good tournament by all accounts. They won Group A the hard way. They didn't play CyberZen. They beat G2 and Na'Vi to advance, uh, but couldn't beat Fnatic when they hit them here in the bracket. If they'd had a better draw they hadn't faced Fnatic in uh, the basically their second round of the bracket could they have gone further in this tournament do you think yeah, yeah I mean they absolutely could have um I mean they could have gone further if they beat Fnatic they had a really close series with them I mean it's it's the way the draw worked and I mean this is the thing too Luminosity is quickly becoming one of the most exciting teams to watch um in the scene because you look at you know what are some, what are some of the best series we've had in the last three months of counter-strike it's luminosity navi have had some just amazing series uh now luminosity fanatic going back to um who was that dreamhack the the face it stage three or the face it finals yeah. um you know they they are they're a sick team to watch play uh they're playing good no matter who it's going up against um and fanatic's just a tough team to overcome especially there's a hard team to beat because there's they get it's almost like they get better when they're when they have their backs against the wall in these matches. We've seen comebacks time and time again. We've seen matches where we think they're going to lose only for them to come back. So they're a really hard team to close out. Um, but Luminosity's showed this uh, this perseverance uh, across multiple tournaments where they come in, they have a good showing, they improve, they come back. Maybe I mean it took them three tournaments to beat Navi and now they finally do it here. So. Uh, Luminosity is just one of those teams that is always learning and adapting when they lose. So I think next tournament we're going to come in, we're going to see them be a little bit stronger. Maybe next time they'll be actually be able to take out Fnatic. Yeah, that would definitely be very excited to see. Best of luck to those guys, of course, uh, going forward. Let's jump down to the other half of the bracket now. So uh, Na'Vi versus Envyers. As you said, Envyers did squander uh, their big win over Fnatic. They got the first seed in the group, yep. got the bye, and then dropped two maps to Na'Vi, their very first game. What went wrong for them in this game, Jason? They lost on Cobble. Uh, I mean, with Train <laughs> right. with Train being the second map, they have to win Cobble there. Right. Um, that just has to happen, especially because that's a map that's supposed to be very strong for MV. I think it's been a couple events now, even uh, at the at the uh, Pro League Finals in December, um, saw them struggle a little bit on that map. And and, and I mean, that that's something they got to get back. Uh, for Navi to beat them there, that kind of ended the series right from the start. I don't think anyone would have think that Envy would beat would beat Navi on Train, but. I think we're just starting to see Envy's still kind of struggling to, you know, coming out of the honeymoon period they had when they first made this lineup, they get second at in Cologne, and then they finally win DreamHack Cluj. Um, I think they're still adapting to um, trying to find a recipe for success that can be consistent. Um, and I also think Maniac's going to help him a lot with that, and he hasn't had any time with him. I mean, he, he even mentioned it on Twitter at this event where he was an analyst. He was just saying, you know, yeah, I'm the coach, but I, we haven't 
had time to work together. So when they win, it's all on them. When they lose, it's it's all on them. His his impact, his input that they want to have, that they think they need, uh, has had no time to get introduced into the team. So uh, I want to give them like a couple more events, uh, see how Maniac kind of really starts to change and mold this team, because I think that could help a lot um, moving forward for them. All right. Well, last question before we wrap this topic up. Uh, then, of course, so Navi did beat Envious in that game. <clears throat> the grand final was, of course, Fnatic versus Navi. We can see on the far right of the graphic here. But this was like curb stomp territory. This wasn't even yeah. close, this game. This was Fnatic 16-3 and 16-7. So, you know, Navi never even got a foot in the door, for lack of a better phrase. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, explain yeah. this, Jason. What's, what the hell is going on? Uh, they just got crushed. Um, yeah, it was fanatic too good right now. I don't even know if it was that, because uh, I mean you, you saw they got they beat got beat by uh, Envy. Um, they all I mean they had a good series with Luminosity, so I mean they they had their they had their struggles, they had their teams who can beat them. It just was in this matchup they came in and um, they just hit a new level uh, in that match against Navi, and I don't think Navi ever really got into the game. Uh, and this even goes back. I, I know talking to Starix. Um, once again at, at EEPL in December, he mentioned they, they just don't know how to beat Fnatic. He even said it before the grand finals there. He's like, yeah, Fnatic's going to win. Um, they, they just, it's just kind of this matchup right now. Um, I mean, at that event, it was a BO5 in every map. I mean, it was, it went to the fifth map. It was close. Navi had their games. Uh, but this time just Fnatic just swept them aside. And sometimes that's just the level they can come into when you have the players that they have on that team. Um, if they're going to come in at that level, yeah, it can get, it can get dangerous. It can get, turn into a stomp really really quickly uh, and it's just unfortunate that it happened here in the grand finals all right absolutely well of course that was star series 14 uh, which took place over the weekend congratulations to Fnatic who won and uh, for a bit of a change first time we've done this on pop flash we're going to go over to a 1.6 throwback clip this week's clip is navi versus Fnatic at the arbolette cup in 2010 a lot of very familiar names here on the frag counter as you see him scroll by as Edward picks up five USB headshots on the very first pistol round, which is going to lead Navi to a 24-6 win. Navi would go on to win this tournament with Edward picking up the award for best player. Our second story this week is the MLG Americas Minor Qualifier, which took place over the weekend in Columbus, Ohio. Prize here was $30,000, but more importantly, the winning team would qualify for a spot at the Major Qualifier, which takes place at the end of February. So, Jason, let's take a look at Group A to begin with. And as the, the uh, group loads up on the screen here, we'll see, unusually, there are only three teams in this group. And uh, right up front, we should say Group A was a bit of a shambles from the get-go. I mean, complexity dropped out to begin with, roster change issues, then two Brazilian teams couldn't make it to the event. They had all sorts of issues getting visas. Uh, and then only one match was played on the day itself. It was supposed to be Winterfox versus a Bay, but it, in the end it was a forfeit win for Winterfox because I think one of a Bay's players couldn't make it to the arena or something like that. So Group A didn't play out <laughs> almost at all on the first day of this event. Does anybody in America give a damn about Counter-Strike, Jason? Yeah, it certainly uh, certainly wouldn't seem so. But it's just pretty pretty standard for, for North America. Why not? Um, yeah, no, it was just all like a lot of very unfortunate circumstances. Um, you know, outside of complexity, I, I think everything was pretty much unavoidable uh, in the sense that, you know, Brazilians couldn't get the visas. Uh, the Olea Alliance members, um, or Obey Alliance member, his flight got canceled due to weather. Uh, so it got delayed mm. for 24 hours. So, um yeah, I mean, all that you can't really do anything about, can you? 
so it, it just you know I was it's actually pretty good though that uh, maybe not good but it, it it all happened in one group so it was just two forfeit wins they moved on it was Winter Fox and Optic two pro league teams so it's not like anyone really got necessarily a free ride these are the teams you would have expected to win their their respective matches um, it would obviously would have been nice to see them played out but this is just the way it happened. All right. Well, speaking of players you haven't heard of, let's move over to Group B because uh, a lot of the players in this group kind of were unknown to me. You're the American expert here, Jason. So Group B, uh, Enemy and Splice go through. Obviously, uh, Enemy had a phenomenal tournament, but uh, walk me through some of the other teams here. Was this the expected finish for Group B or any upsets we should know about? Yeah, I mean, there was an upset and Leader 1 beat Splice in the very first match of the event for those two teams on Dust 2, 16-14. And, and I mean, that was... Um... What leader one? You don't might not recognize the name of the team, but there are some recognizable players on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of you know the big heavy hitter was Virtus, who I think in the in the Dust Two match they upset him on originally. He dropped like 35 kills in it. Uh, they also have you know Flashstep, Josh, BM, Char, and Fox. I, I mean these are guys that you know have been at times in Invite or in, in, in the Pro Division on the yeah. lower end, and then they've also been in Premier a bunch. So obviously if you follow North America, you recognize them. EZG on the other hand was just like this was a literal case of who are these guys because um, i think <laughs> i think blue did research on these guys uh they've got a guy grumpix morbid uh recce cues and n4j um and these are guys that are competing in like the intermediate divisions um but like we were i mean I, like richard <laughs> richard and, and me and blue and we were all just kind of not making fun of the players but they were, we were like oh it's grumpix uh, and like you know we know about Grumpix with two X's, but not Grumpix with one X. Like, and just like <laughs> dumb stuff. Like, no one had really ever heard of these guys. But, I mean, you, this this Morvid player who's on who's on EZG, um, yeah. he dropped like 29 kills. Uh, I think it was against. Um, it was against Splice. I mean, Splice made it to the grand finals, and EZG almost beat him on cash on the first day. They lost 14 to 16, and that's because Morvid. He's like 15 years old. He dropped 29 kills. Um, most of these guys have never played at this level before, and to be completely honest, for them to come into this environment, to be playing on a stage, even though there's no spectators, uh, to just be kind of surrounded and with everything on the stake on on the line, this team played really well, in my opinion. It's these damn millennials, man. They got no respect for established players. Good. There's no. I mean, there's no point to. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, fair enough. Let's let's move on from Group B. So uh, then we had the bracket, of course. So the four teams that went through: Enemy, Winterfox, Optic, and Splice. And uh, Enemy, as we alluded to, just kind of wrecked the way through this whole bracket, right? Well, the whole tournament. In fact, they didn't lose a map or yeah, tournament. They, they, they no, one, no one even got double digits on them. Uh, no one yeah. no one got more than nine rounds against them. It was really good. And do you think that's just a favorable draw, or was this always going to be an easy win for these guys? I mean, it's a favorable draw looking back on it now. I think if you look at this, you know, looking back <laughs> on it, yeah, well, I mean, looking looking on it, you know, from like last week before the event had even taken place, you know, you're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. they'll meet Optic in the grand finals, uh, Winter Fox may be, a, may be an issue. I mean, this was, last Pro League season was Enemy's first season as a team in a professional division. Um, many of their players hadn't really played in, in, in too many professional seasons overall. They'd had, they'd had a couple that have been in and out of teams. I mean, Lucky's professional experience, he hasn't been on a team in like a year and a half. Um, Kusta has never been in professional. I think it's Uber has never done it. Mainline has, and then Relics has. But like, for the most part, this is a pretty unexperienced team as that five-man unit. Um, and, I mean, they just destroyed everyone. 
Uh, I was impressed with them throughout the season, how they were able to keep up. They were in the kind of the middle of the pack in pro league season, uh, and they were improving as the season went on. Um, but this, for them to come out the way they played, it was it was pretty incredible, to be honest. I was very impressed with them this event. Last but not least, I've got some quick-fire questions for you, Jason. So, quick as you can, give me your thoughts on the following news stories from the week. First off the bat, a story we missed by a matter of hours last week. Uh, Titan has announced that the organization has closed its doors. Yeah, I mean, you always hate to see that happen. Um, pretty heartbreaking to read that his uh, the statement about how, you know, right when Kaylee got caught cheating, they were, yeah. you know, about to sign, like, major sponsors, which all backed out due to the bad press. Um, but I mean, to say you've talked to a couple people about this, uh, you know, multiple people in the scene about it. Um, and it doesn't all boil down to that. I mean, you got to think they, they closed for lack of money and everything. Um, you know, that, that scream transfer was reportedly $150,000 or something like that, which I doubt mm-hmm. it was actually that high, but I'm certain it was a very good <laughs> sum of money. Um, so, I mean, you, you got to look at that and be like, was it really worth spending that much money on scream? If you, you know, you're, you're struggling for cash. So, uh, sad that they're gone. Those players are not going to have any kind of an issue. I already know they have organizations knocking at the door um so bummer to see those guys leave hope everyone involved with titan uh, gets back on their feet all right one from one organization to another team question mark have uh, announced this week that they've created their own organization called astralis yes the circle of life one dies and another comes in exactly. um that i mean that's cool that's good for them i, I think they, that's something they talked about for a while I know I've been hearing rumors of it um you know ever since they were kind of disenfranchised with tsm um Offers a lot of if they, I mean if they can make this work, I got to imagine it's it's um, going to be interesting. They have some uh, private investment money, which is good to start out with. Um, what I think is cool is they've actually been very open about how much money they're all making. They're all making about nine thousand dollars a month uh, yeah. in salary. They get a hundred percent of their prize pools, hundred percent of their sticker money. So that's all well and good. They're not, you know, if they're not, it's not in a situation where they get signed by an organization. All of a sudden they have to use Logitech gear like they had to in TSM. They can use whatever they own want, uh, and it's going to allow a lot more flexibility for individual players to work on their own project their own brandings uh so it's cool for them glad they're getting started with it it was something they talked about for a while all right and last topic this week esl have announced that they've changed uh, a number of their rules for all their tournaments including shortening of round time and the banning of jump throwing yeah, I mean, we knew the round time changes were going to come just because, I mean, you know, for good or for worse with the Valve majors the way they are, um, Valve has control over a lot of things, you know, where, you know, the leagues kind of have to adapt to the rule sets that Valve wants for their majors just because those yeah. are the big events throughout the year. Um, in terms of jump throwing, I, I you know, it's, it's funny because I like this as a former player. I look at this and I'm like, yeah, I like that. You should not be able to have a script that does this perfectly every time. We want it to be more skill based, want to increase skill in the game. Um, but then also now that I'm now that I'm also looking about it, thought about it for a while, it's um, a little bit interesting to see how that's going to affect. I mean, because that's going to reduce the amount of strategic diversity there can be. There's a lot of smokes that are widely used that can no longer be used when you don't have a jump throw script. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm really not sure how I feel about jump throwing. I'm kind of 50-50 on it, to be honest. That's it for this week. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by Jason Moses O'Toole. And we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Pop Flash. Thank <laughs> you.